The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. We were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is man, he is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the mini bar. Smarties and the Kit Kats, thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show, everybody. We're coming at you at every way and angle possible. Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, 99.1 FM. We're live streaming on YouTube, and maybe you're listening in podcast form from your favorite podcast platform. Glad to have you. This is going to be a heck of a lot of fun here in Hour 2. Got people checking in from all over the continent telling me they're watching. I got a lot to get to as we bring in the moose here, Darren Moose DuPont. Both of our guests have been pushed to hour two, so this is Darren's last segment with us. Uh, Gus Ferrat, Gustav Ferrat will be with us next segment, 15-year NFL quarterback, pro bowler, and he holds the record for the longest touchdown pass in NFL history, 99-yard touchdown pass, Moose, as you know. And Derek Keenan, the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, going to be with us. Um, I mentioned last hour, Darren, an hour ago, that people were just all, not punchy, bubbly, excited, right? wanting to talk about the weekend. And your guy, Matt Young, did he do color with you on television the other night for the university football game, Matt Young? He was um, on field level, sidelines. Okay, okay. Well, it's interesting. He has just put, and by the way, we're going to get to Blue Jays here, college football, and all the rest. But you can follow Matt Young on Twitter, at Matt Young CTV, which I believe stands for Canadian Television. Matt Young CTV. He just put a photo, I can show you, of John Candy on the sidelines, 1991, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. And here's the funny thing. I don't even know if Matt Young was born yet, but that was my first year covering the Canadian Football League on radio. I was the sideline guy, and I interviewed John Candy in that exact game right there. And I know you've heard me tell the story many times, but as I said last hour, we got a lot of new listeners, we got a lot of new viewers. So I'll just say this, after I left mainstream radio, I guess, and, and being voice of that Rough Rider team after 20 years there, I had never stopped to look back at my career, Darren. You may or may not believe that, but it was 30 years, and I just kind of went total, because I got in the business when I was 16, took a breath, and thought about the cool things I'd done. And somebody asked, who's the coolest person, biggest name you ever interviewed? And I'm like, it was John Candy. And I swear I never thought about it. Since 1991. I'm not joking. But it was right at the height. 1991, dude. That was at the yeah. height of great outdoors. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uncle Buck. You name it, man. He was the biggest star on the planet, both figuratively and literally. And the reason I interviewed him was, you've heard me tell the story, the Argo Games were on 1010 News Radio, and the voice of the Argos was Mark Charlebois. And he asked me if I could interview John Kennedy for, Candy for their post-game show on News 1010. 
So I did. And I remember walking up to him, and he was the size of a Coke machine. I'm not saying that as an insult. He was the size of a Coke machine. And he was in a very expensive silk suit. And it was the summer in Saskatchewan, man. It's hot. Hotter than the blazes of of hell. Uh, But interviewed him, and it was cool, and it was fun. So it's just fun that Matt Young would put that on Twitter today, interviewing Matt, uh, sorry, John Candy. I hope 30 years into the business you have a story like that. Is there somebody right now that's in the running for the most interesting person? You've you got a few, right? Michael Vick, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Who else? Michael Vick, Nate Burleson. Um, those were two. I actually knocked those two out on the same day. That was pretty cool. That'd be, that'd be right up there. Um, man, there's been a lot. It would take some time to think about it. But, but that's the cool thing about this business, man, is you, you know, you keep moving forward and, you know, it's so busy and you're so looking on the next opportunity. You don't take a lot of time to look back and reflect. And then when you do, you think, man, we've done a lot of really cool things and met some really neat people. So, I mean, I'm sure John Candy's just, I know it's just scratching the surface. Everybody met Serena at the World Juniors, who's going to be our hockey analyst on this show. She was saying when I got off the air, on whatever day, Thursday or Friday, she interviewed the queen or met the queen. She didn't interview the queen, but she met the queen. I don't know if you saw that on her Instagram story. So yeah, we do get so to do cool. cool, cool things in this business. And you don't, I'd never stop to think about it till after I got out. And then I thought real hard about what I want to do with the next chapter of my life. And I'm doing it. It's going to these games, doing a daily sports show and living here. It's awesome. It is awesome. So anyways, couple now as we move on, topics we never even got to last hour. Number one, the Toronto Blue Jays will have their pitching depth and nerves tested this week with eight home games in seven days, and all of the matchups are against American League wildcard contenders. The Jays finished that 10-day road trip, 10-game road trip, 8-2. and two. Tonight, they got the Tampa Bay Rays in Toronto in the first of five meetings over the next four days. The Orioles visit Toronto for a three-game series on the weekend. And as we open the day, the Blue Jays have a five-game lead for that final wildcard spot over the Orioles. It's a huge week. As we say, the playoffs have started already for the Blue Jays. Got to mention, Landmark Cinemas did not go to a movie this week, but I made this week. In theaters now, in Landmark Cinemas all across Canada, The Invitation starring Natalie Emanuel. Get this plot. After the death of her mother and having no other known relatives, Evie, that's Natalie Emanuel, takes a DNA test and discovers a long-lost cousin she never knew she had. Invited by her newfound family to a lavish wedding in the English countryside, she's at first seduced by the sexy aristocrat host, but is soon thrust into a nightmare of survival as she uncovers twisted secrets in her family. Does that sound like something you might be interested in, Moose? The Invitation? Oh, yeah. Okay. Text movies now, folks. Text movies now to 902 518 3033 to win tickets and treats at Landmark Cinemas. And congratulations to last week's winner. I believe it was Rose Henry in Edmonton. Um, Now, listen, as everybody knows, we're airing in this beautiful state of Georgia, home of the NLL's Georgia Swarm, and very big college football country. Uh, I, got, I should just mention this. We'll get to the Canadian football, too. Stetson Bennett passed for 300 yards while throwing and running for touchdowns, and Georgia's rebuilt defense delivered another dominant performance on Saturday, 
one week after allowing only a field goal against Oregon in a 49-3 victory. Georgia's defense again played up to the standard it set while winning last year's national championship. Big winners was Georgia on Saturday. Uh, In Lincoln, that's where Georgia Tech uh, was the road team. Kyle Van Tree scored on an eight-yard run with 36 seconds to go after Nebraska had taken its first lead and Georgia Southern beat the three-touchdown favorite Cornhuskers 45-42 Saturday night. A day later... Scott Frost fired as head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, so they can thank Georgia Tech for that. Canada West football, you were at the microphone, Regina Rams beating the Calgary Dinos Friday night. Tell me about that. Saskatchewan Huskies beating UBC, and the Alberta Golden Bears beating Manitoba. I'm following it all, Moose. Sask, Regina 2-0, Manitoba 0-2, and Calgary. How, How was it Friday night? Yeah, it was really great. You know, Calgary's going through some some changes. Um, a guy you and I know, Jabari Arthur, has been on the show. He's the new offensive coordinator, but he dialed up a good game plan. Calgary is young. They're going to struggle, <coughs> excuse me, but they're moving forward. Regina's pretty good, and their defense played well again. This kid, Anthony Bennett, you're going to hear his name. I don't know if he's going to be the next Regina Ram to go to the NFL or not, but this kid, defensive lineman, now has four sacks on the season, had a fumble recovery, and coming off the end, had a pick six in that game where he used his wingspan to knock the ball down to himself. It was unbelievable. The kid's a lot of fun to watch. The Huskies, really good with Mason Nice having another big game. And there's a new quarterback in Alberta, in Edmonton, by the name of Eli Hetlinger. He takes over the program, and he looks like he's the next guy there that could do some really good things. The balance of power has shifted in Alberta, so lots of fun in uh, university football. Anthony Bennett, I wonder if there's any relation to Georgia Bulldogs quarterback Stetson Bennett. We'll have to look <laughs> into that. Um, so we are <laughs> bringing in uh, viewer comments here, and again, Gus Farad will be with us next segment. 15-year NFLer and Pro Bowl quarterback. I don't know where to start. To Monty in Saskatoon. Monty, get over it. I'll use his line. I'm not even going to read what he said. Monty, get over it. You see me just as much now as you always did. Two hours daily on Game Plus TV and YouTube. From the CFL fans, I'll get to their comments in a moment. Robert Dalton on YouTube says, How has Darren never interviewed Jason Sedaikis? I feel like we need to make that happen. I think it will one day. I I really do. I think it's going to happen at some point. I don't know if I'm going to have to sit outside on one of the movie sets or not. But, yeah, I feel like one day that will collide. Okay. Jeff the Stamps fan says, I thought you interviewed Jerry Seinfeld. No, I tried to interview Jerry Seinfeld and put in the request when he was performing at the Brand Center. But he had too full of a dance card. He had to go to a movie that afternoon, which was Planet of the Apes, which he rented out the entire Landmark Cinemas to watch, just for himself, Jerry Seinfeld. And then he had to do some private engagements before the show, corporate stuff, couldn't get him on the air. And the deal was with the people that were the entertainment people at Brand Center. It's 111 Eastern, by the way, and 1111 Mountain. They said... If you ever have somebody you would like to interview, hey, boys, where is it? They said, if there's ever anybody that you want to interview, 
Let us know. We'll put them on your show. So I waited, and I sat on it. Beautiful. You know me. You know me. I'm not going to say, yes. like, the next week, Burton Cummings rolling, is rolling through. Can I get Burton Cummings? The next week, Ian Tyson's rolling. No, I'm sitting on it, and I'm waiting. Yes. <laughs> so Jerry Seinfeld comes through, and I'm like, hey, Graham, remember that time you said that I could have anybody that I wanted on my show? How about Jerry Seinfeld? And he's like, you would wait until Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. So, no, I didn't interview Jerry Seinfeld. I tried, but he, he big-timed me. Jerry Seinfeld is such a jerk, he didn't even call me back. (laughs) Oh, no. But you don't. As we're on. That's a a life lesson. You don't burn your favors. Like, don't burn your favors. Like, you do something nice for somebody or you get to have a favor in your back pocket, don't waste that on a cup of coffee or on something small. Save it. Pretty, pretty elementary to me. (laughs) You never know when you're going to be sitting across the table from. Regis Philbin and need a lifeline. Um, I'm not ready yet to answer this question. Dave in Saskatoon says, Rod, love the show. I want to hear it first. Who's your NHL Stanley Cup prediction? Can we wait 24 hours? I can't, I'm not willing to just willy-nilly throw that out. I need to put a little thought into it. Do you want to uh, step in that trap, Moose? I, I do not. But, you know, if we're sitting here today saying that this is going to be on the table for tomorrow, I'll be ready in 24 hours to give my prediction. That would make, that would make the good little preview for the show. Stanley Cup prediction. And then we'll get everybody's Stanley Cup. We'll give everybody 24 hours to think about who they think will be in the Stanley yeah. Cup final. But I completely blew it out of the I said Florida Vegas last year and Florida did win the president's trophy which means about as much to me as it does to them <laughs> winning the president's trophy is like a curse and then I let my heart get in the way which was I picked the Vegas Golden Knights they're my favorite team and they missed the playoffs <laughs> so you shouldn't bet on your own team which was a rule of mine and I always get away from it And speaking of goggles of your favorite team, can I just say this? From Metal Shingle Guy regarding Saskatchewan getting thumped in the Banjo Bowl Saturday, 54-20. He says, Craig Dickinson isn't going anywhere. Maybe Jason Moss will be gone. Can't sleep on Edmonton because riders play them Friday. He said, they said after the game they brought the flu from Regina. A couple guys were sick in Regina, too. I don't know how I feel. It's. I get your love for the team. You have to understand, I don't love the team like that anymore. I don't defend them blindly anymore. I'm not paid to defend them blindly anymore. If you want to feel like the Riders got their asses kicked by a, by the, I was going to say by a bunch of nerds, but they weren't. It's the Winnipeg (laughs) Blue Bombers. If you want to say it's because of food poisoning and the flu, you go ahead, man. Fill your boots. I'm not buying it. I put it in my column on Sunday. I said it last hour. I'm not. I'm, what are you going to say when they get their ass kicked next time they play? 
But that really seems, I would say the vast majority of people in less than a minute that we have here, Darren, are saying they lost because they had the flu. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, again, I say you had two weeks, one good week in the Labor Day Classic. You played really well and should have won that game. And then you had a game that you're going to forget and probably burn the tape. So next week, the week after, we're going to find out which one is real, which one's the anomaly. So there's a lot of pressure and they have a chance to to prove that, hey, maybe this was an outlier or maybe they're not as good as they hope. Right. We'll find out this week and next week. This game for Pepto-Bismol. Moose, go enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for your efforts today. You bet. Thank you. 15-year NFLer and Pro Bowl quarterback Gus Farratt joins us next. Also on the way, Derek Keenan, the general manager of the NLL's Rush. It's the Rod Peterson Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also on Radio WQEE 99.1 FM and also available at your favorite podcast platform, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. I feel like this segment could get real spicy. In moments, we hope to be joined by one Gus Ferrat. I just love that guy. And by the way, when we do get him, obviously something's going on in Gus's life. He's had to reschedule once. He's pushed this back a little bit. It's okay. We're here for him. He's a good dude. But when you hear him talk, close your eyes and tell me if you don't hear Craig Dickinson, the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the pride of Great Falls, Montana, or one of the pride of Great Falls, Montana, because his brother Dave might have something to say about that, and a guy by the name of Ryan Lee. Another three, two of them I like, Dave and Craig. Um, And I also may need to lean on you people here, this segment, a lot, until we wait for Gus Farrat. What's going on back there? The Toronto Blue Jays. I got you, Clark. I got you. I know. The Toronto Blue Jays open a five-game series with the Tampa Bay Rays at Rogers Center tonight. Both teams are trying to nail down a wild-card berth in the American League as the regular season winds down. The Rays lead the Jays by a half game in the standings. Jose Barrio starts for the Jays against Tampa's Cooper Criswell. Jays five up on Baltimore for the final wildcard. That's what matters. Nick Suzuki... Breaking news this morning, Nick Suzuki is the new captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Head coach Martin St-Louis made the announcement at a Habs golf tournament this morning in Quebec. The 23-year-old Suzuki becomes the youngest captain in team history. He succeeds defenseman Shea Weber, who was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights in June. 
The assistant captains on the Canadian this season will be Joel Edmondson and Brendan Gallagher. Youngest captain in team history. You want to sit and talk about that for a while? I think it's awesome. Um, as a Golden Knights fan, it makes me cry. But I'm not totally sure who's calling the shots there in Vegas. I really have no idea. But if it is Kelly McCrimmon, and when they made that trade, I can't remember who the GM was, if it was George McPhee or Kelly McCrimmon. Seems like there's a lot of hands on the wheel there in Vegas. You know what I mean? But they had to trade Nick Suzuki from Vegas to Montreal to get Max Pacioretty, who's now in Carolina. So, yeah, it hurts. But you knew what they were doing. They were making a run at it. And you got to give up something good to get something good. It didn't work out. A lot of things haven't worked out there. They made it to the final four in three of their first four seasons and then missed the playoffs last year. So it's a big year for Vegas. But we're talking about Nick Suzuki here at 23 years of age, being the youngest captain of the Montreal Canadiens. They're going to miss the playoffs again, and that sucks for the Habs and their fans because (laughs) the season hasn't even dropped the puck yet. Training camp hasn't even opened up yet, and you know you don't have a hope at making the playoffs. Moving on. By the way, we're getting close here. The LATAM Cup, the Amerigold LATAM Cup, opens Wednesday morning at the Ice Den. That's the Florida Panthers practice facility. 21 countries, I believe, from places like Mexico, Venezuela. I want to say Nicaragua. I'm not joking. Are having a hockey tournament here. And I've got friends coming from the Hockey Hall of Fame. You may see them. That's happening here, and then the Panthers open training camp not that long afterwards. The visiting Langley Thunder can take a three-games-to-none stranglehold in the Man Cup tonight with a win over the host Peterborough Lakers. This is the National Canadian Senior A Lacrosse Championship. The BC team, Langley, won the first two games of the series, including a double-overtime thriller 15-14 on the weekend. Game uh, Game four goes Wednesday. Soccer is to resume in Britain after a pause this past weekend as a mark of respect following the death of Queen Elizabeth. Lower division games are set to return to normal this week, but the Premier League has yet to confirm when it will be back playing again. The English Football League says tributes will be paid at its lower tier game. And Russell Wilson will be making his Denver Broncos debut tonight against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. The nine-time Pro Bowler was traded in March in a blockbuster deal. Russell Wilson spent 10 years with the Seahawks, winning Super Bowl 48 back in 2014. This sports update is for Dark Horse Bets. It's Woodbine's easy-to-use betting app that brings the excitement of live stream horse races right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets right out of the gate. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. Also for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday for the Tab Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Before I move into something else, what's the Ferrat update, guys? Okay, Clark says he got stuck in traffic. He's on his way home. 
<clears throat> clearly didn't want to do it from his car. Okay, that's fine. This is where I think the 10 years that I spent doing local radio talk in Regina just set me up for moments like So until Gus Farad shows up, and by the way, we are running out of time because we got Derek Keenan coming up next segment. I'll handle this with you and I, the viewer. Very briefly, in about a 30-second conversation when we were planning this show, 839 episodes ago, the topic came up, and I can't remember from whom. Do we want to take phone calls? It was a quick, no, all around the table. I'd done that for 10 years, not interested. This way I can at least massage who gets on the air and who doesn't. When you are doing talk radio, it's a box of chocolates, man. It's a box of chocolates. Chad Yanchiki is watching in Winnipeg. That's his name. Yan Chiki, if I'm saying that right. Seems like a new viewer. He says, your thoughts on Bo Levi Mitchell to Ottawa? Help push them past Montreal for second in the East? Let's just, let's just think about that for a second. Maybe we need to get a Calgary Stampede or football guy on this week, Clark. What do you say? A Jock Wilson or maybe Mark, well, Mark wouldn't talk about it. Maybe a Danny Austin. You need two quarterbacks to win, customarily, if you can fit them under the salary cap. And by the way, we're talking about the Canadian Football League where the CFL, where the salary cap is just a guideline. So if you say, oh, yeah, they can't fit Bo under the cap, just forget about it, okay? Calgary used two quarterbacks the other night by name, Jake Mayer and Tommy Stevens. Jake Mayer for Calgary, the UC Davis grad, moved the ball all the way down the field, and then Tommy Stevens came in and finished off four drives with short yardage touchdowns. Where is Bo? So all of a sudden, where does Bo fit in? Calgary might be thinking, we have our two quarterbacks, and not one of them's named Bo Levi Mitchell. So he's probably going somewhere. But I don't know if it'll be Ottawa. Everybody seems to think it's Hamilton. So Jeff, the Stamps fan, Are you listening to what I'm saying here, Jeff the Stamps fan? He says, Bo goes nowhere this season. Well, you don't know, and you're right, I don't know. But my point is, they've got their two quarterbacks. Neither one's named Bo. So reading the tea leaves, we're now inside a month. What are we, three weeks until the uh, trade deadline, which is October the 5th? Might make an interesting poll question, and that is, does Bo Levi Mitchell finish the season with the Calgary Stampeders? We haven't done that one, have we, Clark? We haven't done that one? Maybe that'll be tomorrow. Right, it was, what's the landing spot? And at that time, BC didn't have their quarterback, and they went out and got Vernon Adams, so... The list of teams is shrinking. My guy, Kevin, my guy, Kevin Hughes, watching in Airdrie, Alberta, is looking forward to seeing the Seahawks win tonight. Yes, I said it. Seahawks by seven. Remember what I do, Rod. Kevin is a medium. He speaks to the dead. Might that be the Seahawks offense? Pa-dum-bum. 
I don't, why would we do that? Because we have a, we have like literally five minutes and then our next guest. We don't have much time for Gus Farrat here is kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, tell him to take his time and forget it and we'll bring him back for overtime. How about that? Take his time. Okay. Clark's earning his money today. I'm just opening up the text line, 902-518-3033. And nothing new there from last hour. Other than people that all entered our movies contest. So thank you so much. Man, we have covered a lot here today, by the way, have we not? NFL, CFL, some NHL, obviously, breaking news with Nick Suzuki. The NLL draft was on Saturday. And joining us to talk about it, I, th- I think next segment, Derek Keenan, the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush. Oh, he will be ready. Which is interesting, by the way, guys. This show now on radio on WQEE 99.1 Metro Atlanta. You know where Duluth, Georgia is? Home of the Georgia Swarm? Nar- northeast as the crow flies from Atlanta. The opportunity that is before us is immense. Being on the radio in Atlanta, television in Sask and all across Canada, great tool for the National Lacrosse League. I'll just say this, before we break the poll question today, and I'm very interested to get Gus Farratt's take on this when he does join us, if he joins us. For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, can the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs without Dak Prescott? Now over 90%, 94% saying, no, the Cowboys cannot make the playoffs without Dak Prescott. And before people get smart, they did make the playoffs with Dak last year and achieved 12 wins and won the division. So anyways, it was a fun season for us Dallas Cowboys fans. It lasted about three quarters. Last time Derek Keenan was with us, I had just a wave of positive reaction from our viewers, primarily, interestingly enough, from Alberta. He'll join us next. It's the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network live streaming on YouTube, and on radio, WQEE 99. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. RP Show continues, and it is time for one of our favorite topics, the National Lacrosse League. And just ahead of bringing in Rush, Saskatchewan Rush General Manager Derek Keenan, I will tell you, hot off the press, eh, a couple days old now, but the Saskatchewan Rush added six new prospects to the team Saturday afternoon during the NLL entry draft. Out of the six players drafted, the bulk of the group being from Ontario, two from BC, one from Alberta. And with the sixth overall pick, the rush took five foot ten forward Austin Madronic. He's from Victoria, BC, right-handed shot, born in 1999, and he comes out of Harvard University. Joining us to talk about that pick and the subsequent five others is the general manager Derek Keenan. Uh, good to see you again, Derek. Appreciate it. How do you feel? Thanks, Rod. Walking, yeah. How do you feel now, uh, looking at this crop? Uh, was it a success, as far as you know now? What went down on Saturday? Well, you know, hit the ball out of the park, right? As usual. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> um, well, 
Yeah, it's like any sport, unless you're you're getting an absolute like when we drafted Mark Matthews, or, you know, in the mm-hmm. hockey world, like a Connor McDavid. There's always a little bit of uncertainty, but we certainly like a lot of the guys, and in particular, who we took in the first round, six overall, and Austin Madronic. Um, he fills in a, a, a need immediately, and um, we just like a lot of the intangibles, intangibles about him, and uh, he, we think he's going to be a real good player for us for for a long, long time. You know, uh, I want to tell you from that last interview you and I did, I had some hockey guys from Alberta call me indiv- separately. And they said, that Derek Keenan seems like a really good guy. I said, he is. And they want to get into lacrosse more after watching that interview. So that's the whole idea why we do these things. But I saw a debate raging this morning, Derek. Before we talk about this draft, I just mentioned where these players are from. I saw a debate raging. What's the bulk of NLL rosters made up of? Americans or Canadians? Because I saw a fight over which country produces the best and most lacrosse players well i don't think there should be much of a fight about it for our league certainly it's canadians i think we're at about 70 percent, and and that includes the indigenous community as well um so there's no debate on that now the pll the the field lacrosse league you could argue the other way although you know, Canada are starting to have a lot more of an influx of players in that league as well. And certainly at the NCAA level, even if you look at the draft, you know, the kid that we got, he's Canadian, but he went to Harvard. And most of the guys drafted high up now are, are going to U.S. colleges. So um, I don't th- there's no argument in terms of the National Lacrosse League, though. That's just not even worth getting into. <laughs> ah, well, that's interesting because... Uh... The, the people fighting it seem to feel otherwise, obviously. Now, here's another one for you. I used, you know, I'd go to all mm-hmm. your games, and I sat there with your owner, Bruce Urban, or your former owner one time on the bench watching your mm-hmm. warm-up, and I'm like, when are you going to have some SAS guys drafted, Bruce? And he said, when they're ready. Where are we <laughs> on that? Because there was a real grassroots well, movement, have, and then it kind of, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. We have, and, and last year, in fact, um, Egan White, who we got, I think maybe fourth or fifth round, we really saw a lot of potential. I mean, he was on our practice roster all year, uh, looked really good, had a great summer playing in Burnaby in the WLA, and thought he'd be back, but he signed in Halifax. So good for him. Um, This year, there weren't high-end prospects coming out of junior in, uh, um, in Saskatchewan, but the next couple of years, there'll be some better kids for sure. There's more and more of them going to the States now for, for scholarships. And uh, it takes time. You know, if you look at how Alberta, you know, this year's Minnow Cup, for instance, I thought the Edmonton team just put on a fabulous display. And it's taken a long time to build the game in Alberta. And uh, it's going to take a bit more time in Saskatchewan, but it's certainly getting there at the grassroots level and at the junior level. So I don't know if I ever told you, my dad worked in the NHL for 26 years as a scout for Dallas. So I get the personnel world and I'm pretty fascinated mm-hmm. by it. What percentage of your drafts looking back will play one game, let alone go on to have a career in the NLA? On average. Um, on average, uh, probably 40%, I would think. You know, forty to fifty. Um, you you know, mm-hmm. your first round guys are usually they're they're a given. 
Um, we've had some really good later picks in our in our in my time with the Rush as well. Like back in two thousand nine, we were still in Edmonton. We drafted Brett Mitski in the third round, and you know he was a ten year star for us in the back end, and still continues to be a really good player in Vancouver. So um, there's some later guys, you know. Even everybody's always like Dan Dawson, who's going into his probably his 22nd or 23rd year in the league this year. He's 41. He was a sixth round pick <laughs> way back in the day in the early 2000s, I think. So, um, you know, it, it, but I would say around around that, you know, 30 to 40%. Like we look at this year's draft as I think we got some really good picks. I mean, we didn't pick till 40 in the second round because of all the compensatory picks and with expansion and and the, the new team gets a couple added picks in the first two rounds so um but i think the guy we got there um isaac uh Naiju, i think he can play i think he can play right away and he's a, a late second rounder so and then from there even a couple guys you know third fourth fifth round you know the, the guy, kid we draft in the sixth round is going back to school for his covid year so he, he's not eligible to play this year yet, but he, he'll be out to camp next year. So those guys, too, like we, we like what we saw there. We, um, the one kid, Jeremy Searle, who we took 64th, we had him rated way higher than that. So, you know, how he fell, team for needs, you, you get into some of the U.S.-based team, get to later rounds, like to pick American players because of, you know, logistics and giving them an opportunity as well so we think we got a couple guys or a few guys probably they're going to play well i appreciate the answer because i just wondered if it was a crapshoot per se sometimes life gets in the way right and let's be honest they're not getting rich so um Mm -hmm. that's why i was fascinated about this and you expect obviously all these guys will be coming into training camp which is my next question what's next for the rush on your calendar now we open camp um the no, first weekend of November. We will go every weekend in November, uh, and then we open our schedule December third. So that's <clears throat> right now. Yeah, are you looking at it? Can you definitively say how many spots are open on this team right at this as we sit here today? Um, probably. You know, I, I think. Madronic's going to be in our lineup. So then two more after that, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, when you come back off a of of year, you miss the playoffs. There are going to be a few spots open, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We, we lost Corbeil, um, you know, but we added the two guys that we drafted last year in, in Boudreaux and Barnable. So, um, you know, uh, we've tried a little bit of, free agents but we're we're kind of relying more on, on our young guys and, and the guys we drafted last year and in the draft this year to fill some holes yeah well um well you mentioned some franchise stalwarts there my last question would be looking back at your time with the rush and of course you've been with other franchises but you got a pretty good draft record wouldn't you say well thanks rod <laughs> i think so sometimes they're yeah. pretty easy though like you know we we're fortunate while we were in the midst of winning championships that we had first round picks. And so, you know, we got Ben McIntosh first overall in 2014. 
And then we won in 15 and 16. And then in 16, we drafted Ryan Keenan first overall. And Mark was earlier on in 2013. Robert Church was a first round pick, like fifth overall, where we we actually moved down in the draft that year and and, and got him. But um, so we've been fortunate there. And then we we found some other guys. We, we, we really believe our two guys last year, Barnable and Boudreau, are going to be really good players. Bobby Kidd, who stepped in last year, played a prominent role. He was a second-round pick. Um, a bit of a steal there because the kid's a really good athlete. We look at this Naiju kid as very similar. You know, um, a strong, you know, fit, skilled kid that, you know, can really get up and down the floor and move. So same with the, the free agent, we uh, uh, Smith kid that we signed a while ago, too. We really like him. Um, that's another guy I forgot to mention in terms of filling holes. We think he can come in and play this year too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's been pretty good and, uh, we've been fortunate to have high picks. And then when they're not that high, like, you know, we, we got, well, Garland was a fourth overall. We look at him as the future leader of our defense. Um, cause we're starting to, as you can see, really rebuild that back in Marshall Palace. We got seventh overall a couple of years ago. Jury's still out on him. We're we're going to give him a really good opportunity this year, and hopefully he's gotten a little bit stronger and quicker, and he can come in and play. Well, popular player for sure. And it, I don't know when else I would ask you this other than this. We're almost out of time, but is the story not true when you had the number one overall pick? You didn't really want to take your kid, but the team that was picking second <laughs> said, if you don't take him, we'll take him. So you did? Yeah, Wasn't that what happened there? It's true, yeah. true story. It was pretty uh, – now, we had one in three. So we were in a pretty good spot, but I kind of uh, wanted, I, I was trying to be, I, was being, I wanted another guy and Ryan, and it just wasn't going to work out. So the fact that we got, we got Ryan and Mike Messenger, it worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well. <laughs> so, and by the way, Has that ever? the Cowboys yeah. question, if you, you ask me, the, my, my son Ryan is a Cowboys fan. I'm a Bills fan. He is now officially on my bandwagon because the Cowboys will not make the playoffs without Dak Prescott. <laughs> How about that? But, hey, tell Ryan that we'll take him the Dolphins. I've switched to the Dolphins. I got 16 more games okay. now, so that's my team. All right. Derek, okay. good to see you. Appreciate the right. time, man. Let's do it again before All right. camp. All right. You bet. Thanks. Derek Keenan, Derek Keenan, the general manager of the NLL Saskatchewan Rush. When we come back, 15-year NFL quarterback and pro bowler Gus Farratt. It's the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the final segment. It's the one we normally call Viewer Takeover, but that's not today. Gus Farad joins us, 15-year NFL or Pro Bowler, joining us from Pennsylvania. <clears throat> we can get a lot done in seven minutes. Of course, Monday Night Football, Denver at Seattle tonight. We'll get into that in a sec. Hey, Gus, thanks for the time. Appreciate you racing home to do this. Our poll question today is, can the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs without Dak Prescott? Over 90% say no. Can I get your thoughts on how week one went down for the Cowboys and Buccaneers? I don't even know if they can make it with Dak Prescott. So um, we did last pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, what they showed in the first half of that game was pathetic. I mean, uh, they have good talent, but 
I mean, it looked like Dak was afraid to throw some routes. Like he was questioning himself and whether he should be looking there. I mean, it just looked, everything was off. It didn't look like they were very in sync. Uh, albeit Tampa Bay has a really good defense, but I think that, you know, with Ezekiel Elliott back there and some of the weapons they have, uh, they lost Amari Cooper. They're trying to figure out who the other receivers are, but it just looked to me, they were out of sync on offense and they weren't very sure. though. You know, it's interesting Tua four and oh against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, seven and oh against the Dallas Cowboys. Was there a team that you had their number? And are you a believer in that concept? Well, I, I don't know about that. I think there's just, you know, I think that comes down to, uh, you know, overall, how's your team looking? Uh, obviously, Brady is Brady. We know he plays really well um, on, on certain teams. But, you know, he's beat the Cowboys seven times in, what, 22 years? <laughs> Whatever that number is. But Tua beating Belichick, I don't think that uh, that would have happened if uh, – Brady was still playing for Belichick. So um, I think the Patriots are really trying to figure out who they are right now. I don't know if the coaching staff even knows who they are. So they're trying to figure that out. Uh, But um, as far as me, you know, teams that I've always loved to play, I always love to go to and play at the Raiders. That was one of my favorite places to go and play. And I always felt like, um, you know, had a really good game when I would go out there and play. I mentioned um, your career here. You played for a lot of teams, but you're from Pittsburgh. Are they planning a parade this morning? Was that not of the upsets on Sunday, the biggest one that they would go into Cincy, or was it not that big in your opinion? I don't know if it was that big. I mean, if you think about it, five turnovers, seven sacks, and you still almost, you still should have lost the game. I mean, Joe Burrow, for as bad as he played in some situations, he was still throwing the guys that were wide open all over the place. You know, if you look at Jamar chase, the one guy they sh- they needed to cover, they couldn't cover him. Um, and I think that uh, if you look at that game and who the Steelers got hurt, what they tried to figure out, they didn't run Najee Harris. Like they, I thought they would. Um, I don't know if you, I mean, yeah, they won the game, but I, I don't know if they really won because it, they had to take a field goal in the last, you know, an overtime to beat that team that they dominated for most of the game. So I don't know if it's a win. Obviously, it's a victory, and we're going to look at it as a W. But in my mind, I think they lost a lot more than they won in that game. Do you go along with Mike Tomlin and the offensive coach's decision to start Mitchell Trubisky the way, and I guess work Kenny Pickett in? You obviously were following that very closely. Are Are you signing off on it? Yeah, I think so. I think Mitch, I mean, it's a new offense. It's a new system. He's still learning. It was a first game. Uh, he did things to win the game for them. Um, uh, you know, people want to say, well, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't Big Ben, but if, if Kenny Pickett was out there, what would he have done anything different? I don't know. Uh, and I love seeing that he might be able to take a year to grow and learn and, uh, you know, learn from the veterans that are on the team. And, you know, Kenny Pickett's the guy they want around for years and years to come. You know, I, I always felt like if Kenny would have went out right away, he's instantly and always compared to Big Ben. And I think that if there's some time in between when Big Ben retired and Kenny starts, that separates it and that gives him a chance just to be Kenny Pickett and not the guy who's replacing Ben Roethlisberger. 
I don't know how much time we're going to have left, so I want you to talk about what you're into now. Producer Clark was telling me with some other alumni and vets of podcast network, like I love what you're doing because there's so much crap. We've talked about this in the mainstream media with people that don't know what they're talking about. Talk about what you're doing now. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Now, obviously, I've been in podcasting for a while. I've been on your show for a while. Um, I love doing Huddle Up with Gus, but I've taken a little turn from that and um, helping start and produce uh, NFLA podcast, which is the NFL alumni podcast. So I wanted to take the knowledge I had and the people I knew to really help our guys, our former players, podcast if they want to and tell their stories. A lot of times, and no offense to other people, but we come on to shows and we tell our stories, we give our commentary. And I wanted to take our guys and say, look, what you're doing, what you have is valuable. Let's use it in a way that we can uh, create value for you. And that's what, as alumni, we wanted to do that for our former players and give them a platform where they can go out and be unfiltered, say what they want to say, and tell their stories. And so we have individual podcasters like Marcus Ogden. Uh, he has a show called Get Authentic. Uh, we have Carl Mecklenburg from Denver. He has a sports mentality show. And then we're producing shows like uh, In the Dog Pound. Uh, those guys are all former players from Cleveland. Hanford Dixon, Leroy Horde, Eric Metcalf, Mike Tomczak, Frank Stamps. Those guys do a show every week and talk about the Browns. It's awesome. We have a Packer show. We have a Bengal show. And I'm sure Kenny Anderson's going to rip the Bengals up and down this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, look it up. Huddle up with Gus where it starts. Gus Farah, we got to roll. But, man, let's do it again soon. I appreciate the time, Gus. Yeah, thanks, Rod. Go to NFLAPodcast.com, and you can check all the shows out. There you go, folks. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, here on Game Plus and WQEE. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.